Hey guys, it's uh, Steve Baker, your friendly neighborhood pragmatic constitutionalist. Uh, so today I posted that devastating study from the National Institute of Health's own website uh, against the use of masks in trying to protect ourselves from COVID-19. I, I did nothing more than just quote the study. Uh, and already Facebook is interrupting the sharing function of many of you who have tried to share that post uh, with their partly false warning. And then, of course, asking, do you still want to share? Well, I hope that you are, uh, because I don't think they're dinging anybody. They've not dinged me yet. They've not hit me with any warnings or told me that I've, you know, uh, been fact-checked or that I've posted fake or false information. Anyway, the, the disclaimers uh, link that's actually in the study that I linked to even says that it's peer-reviewed. Ooh, it's peer-reviewed. But, you know, as it is because of the uh, the TLDR crowd, uh, you know, too long didn't read for many of you. And even though I severely, you know, uh, condensed the material in written form, I decided to bring that information to video and also to our audio podcast uh, platforms. And maybe even spend a little bit more time commenting on each section that I did in the written word. Okay, that's that's coming up. But, but let me uh, cover a, a few quick, you know, personal updates and and some other news headlines before we get into that. Um, I actually got a haircut today. All those long locks that I've been working on since uh, you know the Rona came to town have been shorn off today. They're gone. It, it was a heart wrenching decision, uh, but I have so few uh, performance opportunities this year to you know to to pose as a rock god. Uh, that I just decided to let it go. Plus, you know, because I'm soon hitting the road for the next TPC road trip, I, j I just didn't want to deal with, you know, the hassle of having to preen in front of a hotel mirror every morning, uh, you know, with a straightening iron and all those things that you have to do, maintaining those uh, long, luscious locks. Um, and, uh, you know, while I'm traveling for something other than you know, the stage and lights, uh, you know, doing my David Bowie tribute show, I decided to let it go. So anyway, that said, don't forget, I need all of you out there that are possibly in the pathway of the next road trip, the TPC road trip, to send me your location, your contact information, particular email address, so that I can keep up with you. I maintain a separate uh, database for my road trips, for those who have expressed interest in meeting up while I'm out on the road and um, are also maybe even helping us sponsor or, or put together a meeting in your location, your town, your area. So please just email me. You can email me at steve at thepragmaticconstitutionalist.com. Steve at thepragmaticconstitutionalist.com. Make sure that I have your contact info, and I will add you to that database, and I will let you know when I'm headed your way. I'm heading up the East Coast, first of all. I'm going from Florida all the way up to Maine. It's going to begin uh, sometime in the middle towards the end of uh, May. And then after a, a, uh, another few days back home, uh, then I'm going to head, head west. So uh, where I'm heading west, <laughs> that routing is, is long yet to be determined. But if you're, if you're west of the Mississippi, by all means, get me your information, and uh, we will likely get to see each other uh, on that particular trip. Uh, obviously, we've heard the news today. The jury is already in. They've already rendered their verdict in Minneapolis. Um, obviously, I'm speaking about the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, he's been found guilty on all three charges following the verdict. 
one man was led away in handcuffs and every major city in America breathed a sigh of relief, I suppose. Um, I was actually in downtown Raleigh today um, attending a gun lobby meeting. So, you know, where I was and the people that I was with, I actually was feeling pretty safe regardless of what the verdict might be if it had come in today. Uh, if the verdict had gone the other way, um, I was in a very, very secure company uh, at this particular gun lobby gathering. Uh, I don't know how many people were concealed carrying, but we would have gotten out fine. <laughs> in fact, uh, I got the notice from an old friend of mine, and this is from my five years that I used to live up in Minneapolis many decades ago. He texted me uh, that the verdict had come in, and his text actually only said this. Looks like no free flat-screen TVs on Lake Street tonight, obviously referring to that there won't be any looting uh, probably in Minneapolis tonight. So anyway, America is not burning. Uh, that's good. But uh, the question is, was justice done? Uh, I'm not talking about social justice, but um, real justice, legal justice, actual justice under American constitutional law. Was that um, accomplished today? Look, every single person I know, including myself, we were horrified upon seeing that you know that first nine and a half minute video of Officer Chauvin's knee uh, apparently on George uh, Floyd's neck. I, I was personally myself ready to take on the role of judge, jury, and executioner after I saw that video. Then, <clears throat> following that, uh, there was more information to be had, as is typically the case in all of these situations. I watched. Uh, probably two hours worth of body cam videos from the office, the other officers involved. Then I read the backgrounds of every single person involved, including George Floyd and all four officers. Um, I found out that the actual arresting officer was an African-American himself. I, uh, I read the uh, autopsy. I read the toxicology, uh, toxicology reports. And I even personally interviewed a Minneapolis police officer. So, you know, I didn't do a complete 180 after coming in contact and in review of all this information, but I can honestly say that, um, in my mind at least, that little thing called reasonable doubt, uh, well, that left the building with Elvis. I no longer have reasonable doubt. I also believe that that jury was, in a way, not maybe technically, but in a real way tampered with, in real identifiable ways. Uh, they, they didn't simply carry the burden of justice. I'm talking about the jury. They didn't carry the burden of justice, uh, justice for either George Floyd or for you know Officer Chauvin. They actually, this jury of 12 people, actually carried the burden uh, of being responsible for every city in America being set to set ablaze or not. They also carried the burden of uh, their personal concerns for their own safety and the security of themselves and their families if they delivered, <coughs> excuse me, quote unquote, the wrong you know, verdict. And, and obviously they were just as concerned uh, for their own safety from that same mob that, that was also you know, so openly willing to burn that city down not just the mob, but also the politicians uh, there that would have, you know, obviously egged them on and were doing such anyway. I have a lot of questions about how this uh, verdict was arrived and a lot of questions about things that happened during the trial itself. First of all, while that, why that trial was not moved out of Hennepin County and why that jury was not sequestered, uh, you know, with total anonymity is just 
absolutely beyond me. All that is going to come up in the appeals process, and uh, and many many other things are going to come up in the appeals process as well. There is just no way in my own mind that this was proved beyond any uh, reasonable doubt. And in fact, the um, prosecutors made some incredible mistakes uh, when, in fact, their own witnesses that they brought to the stand actually validated the defense's presentation. So there, there's there's a lot to come. The, this thing is not over. Now, um, before I get into the the NIH published mask study that I referred to earlier, I, I wanted to say a quick thing about the vaccines themselves. You, you guys know that I'm writing a book uh, with C. Edmund Wright. We're co-authoring a book uh, on what we're referring to as the scandemic. And once again, I should say that I don't believe that the virus is a scam. I just believe that the way the bureaucratic medical personnel and, and the politicians and the MSM has, have handled it is uh, a, a gigantic scam in and of itself. And so, with direct reference to the vaccines, this is going to it's going to kind of be hard for some of you to comprehend when I say this. But since the very first day of this crisis, I, I've been a much, much, much bigger critic uh, of the mask than I've ever been of the vaccines or back you know a year ago the potential vaccines. Why? Um, that's because there have been decades of research on both you know masks and vaccines and and vaccines while not perfect and you know occasionally sometimes rarely harmful they work they just do and masks to prevent a virus spread they don't work period and there's 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 just decades worth of studies on both of those and and, in my research for this book i'm absolutely convinced that anyone who feels that they need the covid vaccine for themselves or because maybe of someone at risk with whom you know you must be or uh, in close contact with through you know work or living uh, or whatever your associations are well then by all means if you want to get it if you want to your body your choice, your circumstances, your choice. It's your right to do as you please with what you put into your body or not put into your body. It's just no more complicated than that. Look, me, I'm I'm not getting it. At least at this point, that's the decision that I've come to because I've, I've done all the, the math and I, I've assessed my own health risk. Uh, my own risk factors. I've, I just, I simply don't need it. E- even though I turn, uh, you know, I turn 61 next week. I have no premorbidities. I have no underlying health conditions. I have, I have a healthy body weight. My personal risk from this virus is statistically a zero. And, you know, I, I also, I live alone. My children are grown and gone, and I'm not currently in a relationship where I'm, you know, living with anybody at risk. So I just don't need to stick something else in my body, you know, tested or otherwise, adequately tested or otherwise, however you feel about it. It's just not necessary for me. And, for, you know, frankly, I've been traveling all over the country for the past five months. So, you know, I've been meeting in close quarters with hundreds of you know like-minded people we've been holding maskless meetings we've been shaking hands we've been hugging sharing food and drinks i mean literally doing everything that we were told not to do by the medical bureaucrats and i've not so much as had a sniffle during this entire process i hell i i may have you know natural immunity or some sort of uh, cross immunity from a previous coronavirus i mean i don't know or maybe i've had this virus asymptomatically 
Again, I just don't know. I've never been sick. So, as a normal person who's not sick, I've never been tested. Not a foreign concept. Uh, so I've chosen to live as normally as I can during this um, process, and I'm going to continue to do so, and I'm going to do so without the vaccine. To reiterate, as I've said many, many times before, I am not an anti-vaxxer. If you are, well, then you know we can agree to disagree on that point. But what I am is I'm very staunchly an anti-mandatory vaxxer, and I'll continue to pose uh, any such initiatives towards uh, those mandatory vaccines going forward. All right, so that said, to the mask study. This is the one that I wrote about earlier today. This is literally the most damning evidence ever reported against the face mask usage since this you know, pandemic crisis. Uh, it's also been available to all medical and all governmental bureaucrats since November of 2020, and it's been published by the U.S. National Institutes of Health. Uh, it was published on November 22nd of 2020. As I said, the source is the actual uh, government website of the NIH, and if you want to look it up yourself, it's entitled Face Masks in the COVID-19 Era, a Health Hypothesis. I'll say it again for those of you that want to take notes and write this down and look it up yourself. Face Masks in the COVID-19 Era, a Health Hypothesis. I'm going to, uh, as I did in written form, I'm going to synopsize this paper using quotes directly from the published source. All right, you ready? Here we go. I'll do a little bit of commentary as we go. First quote. Although scientific evidence supporting face masks efficacy is lacking, adverse physiological, psychological, and health effects are established. Did you catch that? Adverse physiological, psychological, and health effects related to mask wearing are established. So just let that one sink in. All right? Next quote. Interestingly, 99% of the detected cases with SARS-CoV-2 are asymptomatic or have mild conditions, which contradicts with the virus name itself. What does it mean by that? SARS, S-A-R-S, stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. And then, of course, CoV-2 stands for Coronavirus 2. So SARS-CoV-2 stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, Coronavirus 2. And the study specifically says that 97% of the detected cases are asymptomatic or have mild condition. Therefore, the, the nomenclature, the name given to this particular virus, is a contradiction in and of itself. In other words, it's just not as severe as stated in 99% of the cases. Ouch. Next quote. As confirmed by the head of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases from the United States, stating, the overall clinical consequences of COVID-19 are similar to those of severe seasonal influenza, having a case fatality rate of approximately 0.1%. Now, I have been saying for a year that we were going to come in at somewhere around 0.25%. Now the CDC's numbers are 
telling us that we're actually down to 0.2%. This study is actually making the case that it's approximately now at 0.1%, which is the equivalent of a seasonal flu. SARS-CoV-2 primarily affects respiratory system and can cause complications such as acute respiratory distress syndrome, respiratory failure and death. It is not clear, however, what the scientific and clinical basis for wearing face masks as protective strategy, given the fact that face masks restrict breathing, causing hypoxemia and hypercapnia. Let me see if I can say these words correctly again. Causing hypoxemia and hypercapnia and increase the risk for respiratory complications self-contamination, and exacerbation of existing chronic conditions. To overview and explain that, what this is saying is that it is known that face masks actually exacerbate existing chronic conditions. So in other words, if you have a premorbidity, a comorbidity, a pre-existing condition, it's very likely that your excessive wearing of face masks is actually doing you more harm than good. And there was a time, if you recall, that Dr. Fauci, yes, that Dr. Fauci also used to believe the same thing. Do you remember when he believed that? Do you remember when he stated such things? Well, Pepperidge Farms does. And I go back to the study and quote yet again. Although several countries mandated wearing face masks in healthcare settings and public areas, scientific evidences are lacking supporting their efficacy for reducing morbidity or mortality associated with infectious or viral diseases. Therefore, it has been hypothesized that one, the practice of wearing face masks has compromised safety and efficacy profile. Two, both medical and non-medical face masks are ineffective to reduce human-to-human transmission and infectivity of SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. Three, wearing face masks has adverse physiological and psychological effects. And four, long-term consequences of wearing face masks on health are detrimental. This is all a direct contradiction to the prevailing bureaucratic narrative that has been shoved down our throats for over 12 months now. I continue to quote the study. A meta-analysis among healthcare workers found that compared to no masks, surgical masks and N95 respirators were not effective against transmission of viral infections or influenza-like illness based on six RCTs. Using separate analysis of 23 observational studies, 23 studies, this meta-analysis found no protective effect of medical masks or N95 respirators against SARS virus. A recent systematic review of 39 studies, including 33,867 participants in community settings found no difference between N95 respirators versus surgical masks and surgical masks versus no masks in the risk for developing influenza or influenza-like illness, suggesting their ineffectiveness of blocking viral transmissions in community settings. I hope you caught that. That was a lot of studies. 
23 studies one, 39 studies the other, tens of thousands of participants, no difference between N95s, surgical masks, and no difference between surgical masks and no masks in the risk for developing influenza or influenza-like illnesses. And, and we've been told, you know, how many times now that the science says otherwise? Back to the study, and I quote, Based on four COVID-19 studies, the meta-analysis failed to demonstrate risk reduction of face masks for COVID-19 transmission, where the authors reported that the results of meta-analysis have low certainty and are inconclusive. And in that same paragraph, by the way, which, and I'm going to provide the link to this study uh, at the bottom of wherever we post this, but in that exact same paragraph, they revealed that these COVID-specific studies, not all the previous past you know, SARS and influenza virus studies, but the ones that have taken place since the onset of COVID-19, in other words, these COVID-specific studies had been purposefully excluded in bureaucratic reports and other scientific reports, and that this resulted in a high selection bias of the published studies and contamination of the results as reported themselves. Let me say that again. Because they deliberately left out the COVID-specific studies, which were concluding the exact same thing as decades worth of previous studies, that this resulted in a high selection bias of those studies and a contamination of the reported results. Let me quote again from the study. The World Health Organization repeatedly announced that at present there is no direct evidence from studies on COVID-19 on the effectiveness of face masking of healthy people in the community to prevent infection of respiratory viruses, including COVID-19. Despite these controversies, the potential harms and risks of wearing face masks were clearly acknowledged. These, including self-contamination due to hand practice or non-replaced when the mask is wet, soiled, or damaged, developmental of facial skin lesions, irritant dermatitis or worsening acne, and psychological discomfort. Vulnerable populations, such as people with mental health problems or mental health disorders, developmental disabilities, hearing problems, those living in hot and humid environments, children and patients with respiratory conditions, are at significant health risk for complications and harm. Did you catch that? Significant health risk for complication and harm from wearing these masks. And for those of us who came to a very similar common sense conclusion months and months ago, we were being deplatformed from social media. We were being shadow banned. We were being kicked off of uh, you know YouTube and other platforms just for saying so and just for relaying that information about earlier studies. Back to the study, and I quote, In addition to hypoxia and hypercapnia, I hope I'm saying that right, hypercapnia, breathing through face mask residues, bacterial and germs components on the inner and outside layer of the face mask, these 
toxic components are repeatedly rebreathed back into the body, causing self-contamination. Breathing through face masks also increases temperature and humidity in the space between the mouth and the mask, resulting in a release of toxic particles from the mask's materials. Now, as I've personally reported on all of TPC's platforms over the last several months. Numerous of our own healthcare professionals who follow TPC have written to me and have told us of an explosion that they've experienced in their clinics and in ER situations and hospital situations of bacterial infection cases that are a direct result of mask usage. Some of those even related to me directly that following those obvious bacterial infection symptoms and problems with patients coming into their um, practices that they were actually required, particularly in hospitals, to count those as COVID-like syndromic cases. Yes, you heard what I said. I have had healthcare professionals write to me anonymous. I'm not, I know who they are, but they don't want me to release their name, so they, they want to remain anonymous. But they have reported to me that in their own experience in emergency room situations and in clinical practices that people coming in with severe bacterial infections that they not only knew it was directly related to their mask wearing, particularly those who have to wear them all day on their jobs, whether they work at a grocery store or whatever their, their occupation might be, that they're coming in with those particular um, bacterial infection cases and that they are required by the practices or the hospitals that they work for to report those as COVID-like cases obviously driving up the numbers of cases in this country. Back to quoting the study. Psychologically, wearing face masks fundamentally has negative effects on the wearer and the nearby person. These dehumanizing movements partially delete the uniqueness and individuality of persons who wearing the face mask as well as the connected person. A meta-analysis of 91 studies of about 400,000 people showed a 13% increased mortality risk among people with low compared to high contact frequency. Another meta-analysis of 148 prospective studies which included 308,849 participants, found that poor social relationships was associated with 50% increased mortality risk. We're talking about the psychological part here. We're not talking about one study. We're talking about two different studies. One, 91 studies, or 91 studies, of about 400,000 people and 148 studies with over 300,000 people found that poor social relationships was associated with 50% increased mortality risk. People who were socially isolated or felt lonely had 45% and 40% increased mortality risk respectively. These findings were consistent across ages, sex, initial health status, cause of death, and follow-up periods. Importantly, the increased risk for mortality was found com comparable to smoking and exceeding well-established risk factors such as obesity and physical inactivity. An umbrella review of 40 systematic reviews, including 10 meta-analyses, demonstrated that 
compromised social relationships were associated with increased risk of all-cause mortality, depression, anxiety suicides, cancer, and overall physical illness. Guys, this is devastating. And I really don't know that any additional commentary is required about that. Psychologically, separating ourselves from one another, whether by lockdowns or by covering up our faces, is a devastating thing to our own health. Psychologically, it creates depression, anxiety, suicides, cancer, and overall physical illness. So quoting from the study again, encountering people wearing face masks activates innate stress fear emotion, which is fundamental to all humans in danger or life-threatening situations, such as death or unknown, unpredictable outcome. While acute stress response, seconds to minutes, is adaptive reaction to challenges and part of the survival mechanism, chronic and prolonged state of stress fear is maladaptive and has detrimental effects on physical and mental health. The repeatedly or continuously activated stress fear response causes the body to operate on survival mode, having sustained increase in blood pressure, pro-inflammatory state, and immunosuppression. Now, the key word there is immunosuppression. In other words, these stress fear reactions that are being propagated by being around people all the time, all masked up and all scared of one another, actually results in increased blood pressure, pro-inflammatory states, and immunosuppression, the lowering of our ability to actually fight off disease. Now, I'm going to skip all the way down to the very conclusion of this study. And again, I'll provide the link to this entire study uh, wherever we post this. Conclusion. The existing scientific evidences challenge the safety and efficacy of wearing face masks as preventative intervention for COVID-19. The data suggests that both medical and non-medical face masks are ineffective to block human-to-human transmission of viral and infectious disease such as SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19, supporting against the usage of face masks. Wearing face masks has been demonstrated to have substantial adverse psychological and physiological effects. These include hypoxia, hypercapnia, shortness of breath, increased acidity and toxicity, rise in stress hormones, immunosuppression, fatigue, headaches, decline in cognitive performance, predisposition for viral and infectious illnesses, chronic stress, anxiety, and depression. Long-term consequences of wearing face masks can cause health deterioration, developing and progression of chronic diseases, and premature death. (laughs) Let me just reread one of these sentences. The existing Scientific evidences challenge the safety and efficacy of wearing face masks as preventative intervention for COVID-19. There you have it. So, please, if you guys would, I'm asking you to um, 
not abandon all of your other social media platforms, but please come join us over on our TPC Locals community. Uh, this is a place where you're going to see all of our posts. We are never shadow banned. You're not going to get any warnings about, you know, this is partially true or, uh, or well, of course, they never say it's partially true. They always say it's, you know, it's partially false, something like that. So there's no shadow banning, no throttling, no reach restrictions like there are on Facebook and Twitter and other social uh, media websites, uh, face, uh, YouTube and, and the like. We can post this video there. If you are a member of our locals community, you will know it's posted. As it is right now on Facebook, less than 1% of our 35,000 followers there even see a single one of our posts. That's just the nature of the beast in Facebook world right now. But on our Locals community, it's free to subscribe, and you will see everything that we publish and that we post publicly. Now, there are some supporter exclusives that we post over there. Uh, I try to do at least one or two of those per day. But uh, even if you decide that you would like to become a supporter, the, the paywall is very low. It's only $5 a month, and you can support what we're doing, and uh, you can support the road trip that's coming up. Uh, you can support our other expansion projects that are still on the drawing board, still yet to be announced, still being worked on in the background. Uh, and the, the URL to our locals community is very simple, thepragmaticconstitutionalist.locals.com thepragmaticconstitutionalist.locals.com. Again, it's free to subscribe. If you decide to support us, you can support us for any amount. You can do one-time donations there. You can um, do $5, 10 $50 a month, whatever you want to do. But for as little as $5 a month, you'll also see all the exclusive content that, that we provide. Again, don't forget the road trip is coming up. If you would like to be on our route, if you can help us in that effort of finding a location in your town or your area, somebody or, you know, maybe a Liberty group that will sponsor that uh, particular meetup, then send me a email as quickly as possible to uh, Steve at the pragmatic constitutionalist.com Steve at the pragmatic constitutionalist.com. Make sure I have your contact information, your name, your city, your locale, and I will be in touch very shortly about that. Okay. That's it. That's a bunch of information. It's time to get out of here. Don't want to ramble anymore, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you have done for us in the past and for hanging in and for all your interest and your support of um, our, you know, TPC uh, initiatives and there's more coming. Thanks a bunch, Steve. I'm out of here. Bye. Thank you